Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of Weathering the Market. I'm meteorologist Kaylee Carey. And as always, I'm meteorologist Dion DeLeo. And I'm out of marketing. <laughs> Emily Creamy. <laughs> whoop, whoop, go Emily! <laughs> it's been a fun morning. I'll have a great morning. <laughs> we are, but unfortunately we have to talk about something not so great. I always feel bad talking about this. <sighs> kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? Being I know. a meteorologist, you're always like public enemy number one. Right? I know. Yeah, it's okay. Are you guys hanging on the edge of your seat? Do you want to know what it is? That's not so great. <laughs> Drum roll, please. Emily, you have the honors. Yeah. Go, Emily, you say it. Oh. The no. D word. It's about the drought. The drought. That's right. Uh, so for most of you who are who might be aware, as you notice, we're seeing large areas of moderate to severe drought from the west coast extending across the Rockies, the Intermountain West, the Southwest, and even parts of the Northern Plains. So what is behind all this? I mean, why are we seeing such a big issue? with drought this year. I think the reason is our, the, you know, when you start to dissect the current teleconnections, which I know sounds very Star Trek-y, but um, when we say teleconnections, we're talking about the different jet streams around the world, ocean temperatures, blah, blah, blah. What we're looking at though is a negative Pacific decadal oscillation, PDO for short, a moderate La Nina transitioning to neutral, and low solar activity. So. When those three are all coupled together, we generally, we're looking at the weather pattern we're dealing with, with which is dry out west and looking at adequate precipitation out east. And that is because which ocean's warm and which ocean's cold? Well, if I was a betting man, I would say the Atlantic is probably the warmer one of the two. You're right. Look you at that. win. <laughs> I could have guessed that one. <laughs> 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 So as a result of this, as, as Kaylee was saying, we are seeing a lot more um, convection uh, across portions of the East Coast, which is bringing adequate rainfall across the Southeast, especially the parts of the Mississippi Delta and, and even uh, the Ohio and Tennessee Valleys as well. But then that leaves the West high and dry, literally. Because, literally. Yeah, the Sierra is running right now its third driest season so far. April, the Sierra Nevadas, uh, zero in the northern portion. Zero. Yeah, not a good time to go skiing. No, not at all. Not at all. It's So it's the third driest year behind 76, 77, 23, and 24. But then I was doing some digging, and this is slightly off track, but this is just when I like to look at things. Kelly likes to dig. I yeah. do like to dig. What we're looking at, though, when you start to like dig into this a little bit deeper, when we're seeing it this dry out in Sierra Nevada, we're also looking at a highly active hurricane season. I know this podcast isn't about hurricanes. I wish it was because I love them so much. It's true. But so a lot of times... And we are forecasting an overactive hurricane season, probably one of the more active ones that we've seen. And that's because the Atlantic is so warm and the Pacific is so cold. So that cold water is having a hard time bringing those storms in. Wait, so you're telling me that all this stuff is tied together in some crazy conspiracy way? <laughs> yes, it always Who is. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Let's create a conspiracy podcast. Hey, we really should bounce off and do one of those. <laughs> Anyways, but we also have to remember, though, it's not all of the West that's dry because Denver has seen above normal snowfall this season. It's 25th most so far. But yeah, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, they just had a major snowstorm there, what, last week, I believe? Yes. Um, yeah, they, where they received several, I believe it was feet of snow, right? Yes. They, I mean, my friends up there were posting videos of, my friends that live in the Denver area were posting mm -hmm. videos, and I was, of course, they were like, what, it's April? And they're like, yeah, well, I mean, you know. 
it's also weird weather time. So it is a weird weather time, <laughs> and then so. Of course, and then we can't go without saying when we're talking about the drought, like focusing once again on North Dakota, because that does actually have implications on the market because that state, you know, 90% of that state is farmland. That's right. That's right. And and, and and a good majority of North Dakota is already, and we're not even into summer yet, but they're already uh, approaching severe drought levels in, I would say, at least half of the state. So they're, they're, they're extremely dry. It's not looking great for, for portions of the northern plains at all, but most specifically like North Dakota, you know, with, with an area that requires, or that, with an area that is made up of farmland, mostly. Yes, and actually most of it's actually in extreme drought at this point, meaning that there's only one more level, and that's exceptional, so, which is very unfortunate for them. So we will continue to monitor that. So I was looking at the European long-range models today. So this goes, you know, about six weeks out, and unfortunately, it looks like there's no relief heading for North Dakota at this moment or even up into the Canadian prairies because we're actually seeing this drought expand a little bit further north into the, pra the prairies as well. So Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Portions so, of Alberta too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's just some stuff we're going to have to watch. But when we're looking at the Sierra Nevadas, we're actually looking at precipitation near normal for that time of year. But I don't think that's going to be enough to get them out of the deficit that they're dealing with because they rely on that snowpack for crops and whatnot. That's right. Everything that melts, again, you know, if you're not familiar with how this works, everything that melts flows down the Sierra Nevadas into the farmland, and they use that that moisture becomes utilized in, 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 the, uh, in the farmland. So they didn't get it this year. That's right. They didn't. But if you're in Texas, good news, because it looks like things are, you know, improving a little bit. We've had quite a bit of rain. We have more on tap. And with this active hurricane season, I was reading something today with a track of the storms and whatnot, that it looks like the north... Western Gulf Coast is going to be, could, things could get pretty active, which means a lot of rain. Yeah, and hopefully some of that precipitation will spread into the far western portion to Texas and the Panhandle as well, because west or the, the Texas Panhandle, of course, is also experiencing uh, severe drought already, and we're not even the hottest part of the area yet. That's so. right, as well as what other area of Texas that we're going to have to watch. South Texas. Oh, yeah. yeah. South yeah. Texas is where it's really bad, too. So... I don't know, lots of stuff going on. A lot for us to follow as we head deeper into this planning season, keeping us on our toes. If you have any questions, we would love to hear from you and love to talk more. Thanks for joining. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Weathering the Market. We love sharing all this information with you guys. And if you didn't already know, we work for a company called Minuteman Weather, which provides a full range of energy and agricultural weather services. If you would like to sign up for a free trial or request more information, check us out at MinutemanWeather.com. We'll be back next Wednesday. Thanks.